2: Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored from New York, a jaw-dropping world exclusive. On the day he's sued by the family of George Floyd, I'll talk to Ye, formerly Kanye West. Chaos and confusion turned a crisis for Liz Truss again. Now a home secretary is out. Who's next? And who the hell is running Britain? Plus he's a legendary chess grandmaster and a thorn in Vladimir Putin's side. Gary Kasparov joins me on
3: the war in Ukraine. From New York, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored.
2: Well, good evening from New York City and welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Prime Minister Liz Truss faced an historic questions today in Parliament, probably the first PMQs ever held by a Prime Minister who's not really in charge of the country or even her own party. Sadly, after all the questions, there are no answers, only more questions. The Chancellor says that pensions might not rise with inflation. Liz Truss says they will. So which is it? Who should we actually be asking? Tonight, the Home Secretary, Sue Braverman, has quit or been sacked by Liz Truss or maybe the Chancellor. Who the hell knows? It's all complete chaos. But the only thing we did learn for sure tonight is that for reasons best known only to her, Liz Truss remains very, very pleased with herself.
4: I
1: have been in office for just under two months and I have delivered the energy price guarantee making sure that people aren't paying £6,000 bills this winter. I've reversed the national insurance increase, and I've also taken steps, and we will be taking steps, to crack down on the militant unions.
2: As the late Queen once put it, recollections may vary. What Truss could have said is, I've been in office for just under two months, I've crashed the pound, I've wiped 300 billion off the markets, I've burned a 20 billion black hole in the budget, I've sacked my best mate, lost control of my party, just had to fire or maybe lose my home secretary and dragged the Tories to our lowest poll rating in history. I guess there just wasn't time for everything, right? Truss also seemed very eager to make sure we know exactly who's in charge.
1: I... I had to take the decision because of the economic situation to adjust our policies.
2: But she didn't take the decision, did she? It was the Chancellor and he didn't adjust her policies. He nuked them with a ballistic missile, reversing every single thing she wanted to do. As Labour's Zakir Starmer said, it's all gone.
5: They're
3: all gone. So why is she still here? Yeah!
1: Mr Speaker, I am a fighter and not a quitter.
2: Note the slamming of the folder on the dispatch box with an audible thud the prime minister's equivalent of a spitting out of a dummy. I agree, though, you are a fighter, Trust, You're fighting your own backbenchers, you're fighting your own cabinet, you're fighting the markets and you're fighting for what remains of your political career. On behalf of the country, I now say this. It's time you stopped fighting and became a quitter. Well, joining me now is the former director of White House Communications under Donald Trump, Anthony Scaramucci. You thought things were bad there, Anthony. <laughs> Welcome to British Politics. The editor-at-large at the US Financial Times, Gillian Tett. The Times political sketch writer, Quentin Letts, and Talk TV political editor, Kate McCann. So, an awful lot going on. Kate McCann, let me start with you. I've seen some political basket cases in my time. This just about takes the proverbial biscuit. This looks like a government completely in chaos... Ministers resigning left, right and centre. one sure who's in charge. A rudderless country with a lame duck Prime Minister. Am I wrong?
4: Well, there are certainly lots of Conservative MPs, Piers, who would agree with you tonight. And it's probably going to get worse still because in the next couple of hours there will be a vote here in the House of Commons which there are a number of MPs now publicly saying they will defy the government on. Now, the government has made that a confidence vote in the prime minister. Now, it sounds complicated, but if any MP defies a vote that is a confidence vote in the prime minister, then they are effectively sacked. Now, sacking your MPs at a time when you're under increasing pressure is not the place that you want to be, particularly after you have been forced, essentially, to sack your Home Secretary. Although the letters between the pair say that Suella Breverman has resigned, it's clear from the tone of her letter, at least, that that was certainly not something that she wanted to do or feels that she ought to have done. In fact, she talks about the transgression, essentially sending confidential information, information that was Cabinet-level, to an MP in Parliament using her personal email address as something that while she recognises is wrong, is something that has happened before and that that information wasn't particularly sensitive. I mean, one of the most telling lines in that letter from Suella Braverman is where she writes, pretending we haven't made mistakes, carrying on as if everyone can't see that we've made them and hoping that things will magically come right is not serious politics. I mean, I think it's pretty clear from that how she feels about what's happened here this afternoon. The big question now is, will it prompt a further rebellion against the Prime Minister, which could ultimately be the end of her...
2: I mean, Kate, I I honestly can't remember a situation where a a prime minister of only 40-odd days is now so weakened, uh, so under attack from, never mind anybody else, her own party, her own cabinet, her own backbenchers. How could she possibly survive? What's the point of Liz Truss anymore?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the problem she now has because the person that she's appointed in replacement for Suella Braverman is Grant Shapps, an MP who everybody here knows has been openly plotting with backbench Conservatives against Liz Truss over the last couple of weeks. He's been maintaining a spreadsheet, running around Parliament laughing about it. To then appoint him to one of the most senior positions in your government is an indication for many that Liz Truss is not the person now in charge and then in fact, Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, is and that this is an appointment that he has designed in an aim, as we've been talking about, talking about over the last couple of days to show MPs in the conservative party that it is it is him and the cabinet who are powerful in this situation and not the prime minister as one would expect i mean there are increasing tussles now between all of those ministers at the top level. And it has to be said that both Suella Breverman and Liz Truss had had a row over immigration over the last couple of weeks. I mean, Breverman had been very clear the numbers need to come down. She had a very determined message on immigration, whereas Liz Truss, it's understood, had wanted to increase the number of skilled workers coming to the UK in order to help boost growth. We know one of the biggest problems she now has to solve. So there was tension there. Those inside Number 10 and around this decision say that wasn't the reason for the this sacking, but that's certainly how it's seen by some on the right wing of the party. And as I said, that's just going to inflame tensions further in a situation where she's already under, you know, a huge amount of pressure.
2: Right. Kate McCann, thank you very much. Quentin Letts. I mean, a prime minister in power, but not actually with any power, it seems.
3: Yes. I, and in a way, this is worse than Theresa May, because with Theresa May, you had a sense uh, that at least she herself was a serious proposition uh, and with Liz Truss, I'm afraid today, the laughter in the House of Commons was uh, pretty shallow, uh, shaming for her. So, sometimes politics peers, is dramatic, sometimes it's melodramatic, sometimes it's just plain nuts. And we're in, the, we're in that last category today. That place, that old Victorian building behind me today is like one of those Wild West taverns where there's been an enormous shootout and there's only the brothel pianist left. And uh, today's events suggest that the end is going to come quicker uh, for Ms. Truss than uh, maybe I would have said even three hours ago. It's moving that fast. And she would be the, the, the shortest-serving prime minister ever, would she? Uh, she would. And who knows if the next one will last any longer. Uh, but <laughs> I suspect that there will be a realisation at some point in the Tory party that this frenzy, this fever, the fever is running very very high at the moment, uh, can not continue. They don't want a general election on the Conservative benches because they'd be wiped out. So, uh, I suspect that at some point, the laws of common sense must apply themselves. But you keep on saying that, and it keeps on not happening.
2: Yeah, I mean, we are into completely unprecedented territory. As things stand with the polls, if that was to be with an election, say, next week, you'd have a complete wipeout of the Conservatives.
3: Yeah, well, you're not going to have an election next week, because elections take a month to organise, so... (laughs) <laughs> there may be a chance for a little bit of improvement in the opinion polls, but I just don't think i mean there's a, a conservative majority at the moment of eighty uh, It may be a bit lower by the ascent, by the end of this evening, but even so uh the parliamentary arithmetic is is okay for a bit of uh stability at the moment so let 's see, see that in government and the, uh, the, the, the the madness at the moment is to do with uh, partly with the markets but also to do with bad feeling that stretches back. To most recently, to the toppling of Boris Johnson. Remember, Boris Johnson was about five points behind in the opinion polls. They must be wondering, why did we get rid of him?
2: Well, that is a question many Conservatives are asking. Um, Quentin Letts, thank you very much indeed for joining me. I appreciate it. Well, let me turn to my stellar pack here, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch. I mean, famously, you were at the White House for eleven, 11 days. Eleven days. Yeah, don't say ten. Right. I mean, that by British my feelings, if you by say British so. uh, political yeah. standards, this is quite a long running.
6: <laughs> Quite a long-running position. Yeah, well, I've got her at under three Scaramucci's now. I I, I sort of think that she'll be out of there by the end of the month. What do you make of it? Well, it's a death by a thousand cuts now, and so it's unsustainable to stay in her position. And so if she is a fighter, and I'll take her at her word, she's a fighter, then she should fight for the cause of the Conservatives and she should step down to help them coalesce and rebuild their support. If she stays in the position that she's in, she's too mortally wounded, Mm. and sometimes you go into denial as a politician, and I hope she's not going to do that in this case.
2: But, Gillian, the problem is, what does she fight for? Because her entire leadership campaign built up to this mini-budget where she was going to do all the things she promised to do. She then did them, despite warnings from Rishi Sunak, who opposed her in that leadership race, that it would all be a disaster. It was an instant disaster. So everything she stands for... She's gone up in smoke. How can she fight for smoke?
1: At this point, what she's standing for is showing that she can tough it out. Maybe we should call it truss it out. No. I think that's going to be the new meme. Um, And I think she's literally trying to show that she can survive and she's a proper leader and that she has the ability to withstand all of these attacks and come through. Um, and this trusting it out has become an end in itself, not a means to an end, unfortunately. It really is about her personal
2: pride, if The crazy thing is that Jeremy Hunt, the new Chancellor, basically disagrees with her about everything to do with economics. You now have a new Home Secretary, Grant Shapps, who, as Kate McCann was saying, has been one of the plotters trying to get rid of her for the last week. He's now got one of the great offices of state. This, to me... You know, I've been around the political game in England for a long time. This looks to me completely out of control.
1: Well, I think what the mooch can certainly say is that when you're in that situation, that febrile environment where everything is spinning, hour to hour, you know, moment to moment, you don't know who your friends are, your enemies are, it's very hard to actually stop and make a rational, calm decision. You need a serious mentor... You need a serious friend to basically put their arms around your shoulder and say, hey, stop trying to tough it out, truss it out, try and actually get a real sense of what you're fighting for, as the mooch says. And the mooch actually had the, um, you know, courage to actually quit and say, I made a mistake. I agree. I
2: mean, two things. One, you did, and I thought that was very principled at the time that you did that, but you also worked for somebody who, in a way, there's no greater fighter or scrapper probably in world political history than Donald Trump he might be able to get through this kind of thing because he had the strength different. of character to. But a Different just government,
6: though. You know, different, yeah,
2: I'm just really totally a different team, government, yeah. but about, I'm talking about strength of character to barrel your way through mm-hmm. chaos and disaster. I just don't think Liz Truss has it in her.
6: Well, I, I love both of you, but I actually got fired. OK, just so everybody knows, OK, John Kelly fired That's me. That's true. I didn't quit, OK? Yeah. And so, by the way, I probably should have quit at that moment, uh, but I got fired. But this case is a little different in my mind, and I'm not a obviously a U.K. citizen, but I'm looking at this, she's in trouble, she should quit. Mm. But there's something else going on in the body politic that you have to pay close attention to. The British are unhappy. And they're unhappy with all of these politicians. Mm. They want to throw everybody out. And so who's ever going to take charge better figure out a way to calm down the British public and come up with some sensible policies so that
2: people are not sitting in those pubs saying... Let's throw all these bums you know, in. And it's not I, just I about... don't want to be told what I want to hear, right? I, you know, when I go back to the UK in a, in a week or so, I want to be given some proper home truths. This is the state of the country and its finances. This is what is likely to happen in the next six to nine months based on all our predictions. This is what we need to do to get through this. I would rather that, a bit of tough love, than the current load of nonsense we've been spewed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just about the British public. I mean, it's primarily about the British public, but the reality is the financial markets want some of that tough love Mm. too and clarity. We need to get real here and recognise that were it not for the fact the Bank of England has actually handled the last few days pretty cleverly, the run-up to this wasn't so great. the last few days, the Bank of England has done a good job in calming things down for the moment, but by the skin of its teeth... Um, we could be looking at real chaos right now mm. in the markets. And, you know, the reality is, it's never good to lose a Prime Minister hurry and a whole series of ministers. Right now, is really, really bad because the markets are on edge.
2: It reminds me of a sports team, right? Yeah. Is that you can right. get really invested in, we can't possibly make another change because all hell will break loose. And it's like, actually, hell is breaking loose. And sometimes you just change the leader in a sports team and it transforms the, the atmosphere. It, it of the totally room. help. Now, as an investor, I thought
6: my Bitcoin position was bad until I looked <laughs> at the British guilt. Right. I mean, they're moving like right. Bitcoin. They have the volatility of Bitcoin. That is enough for a responsible public servant to say, this is not the right time for me. This is not my moment in history. It's a tough thing to do because they worked their whole life to get into that position. But if she steps down, I think she'll serve her party well and her country well.
2: What does it say, though, about the state of our country? We're now up to... Is it four or five chancellors in a few months? You know, well, another prime minister. We've had five, I think, in the last six years. I mean, this is really embarrassing. Now,
1: well, two things to say. Firstly, I keep making this joke about you know the UK looking like Italy, but without the good food and the yeah. wine and the style. And... Nothing <laughs> wrong with
2: Italy, I think and... it's definitely a better wine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But I guess key qu- the key point to think about is this: what the last contest was between Sunak and Truss was between a technocrat and a populist. Mm. The last few years of politics in the UK have been increasingly driven by populist yes. tendencies, as in America. What I think we're seeing now is that the populist leader doesn't always work. I suspect we're heading now for a period of techno- te-
2: Could technocrats... Could potentially, hypothetically, be heading for another referendum about Europe? I mean, if Sakhir Starmer was to win an election... Most polls now suggest that British people would vote the other way. There's been no tangible benefits of Brexit to shout about at all. In fact, the opposite. I mean, could we have another referendum?
1: I think nothing can be ruled out in the future. And let's not, not sight of the fact that Jeremy Hunt um, is somebody who has hardly been antagonistic towards Europe in the past. Right. Um, so I wouldn't be at all surprised if one mm. consequence of this is technocrats come back, Hunt is a technocrat, you start to see all kinds of things begin to be reconsidered. Um, and I think most people would just like to wipe away the last few years of some kind of bad dream. Yeah. Um, you can't do that, but with Liz Truss stepping down, that would be one way to start.
6: As as you bri- just, just quickly, the British economy was nine-tenths of the German economy before the Brexit. It's now seven-tenths.
2: Yeah. That's all I would say. Listen, I voted to remain, that, right? but I've always said to my Brexit friends, I hope it works. Now we've done this. I respect those who voted the other way. The country was split in half. We're but at some, stage, at some stage, as the years go by, you've got to start seeing a win for Brexit, it's got to be something that shows me the country is improving because of it. All I'm seeing at the moment is the opposite. Um, Great to have you both. What a brilliant team to have on a day like this. It's always breaking chaos and news. Well, coming next, a a bit of a gear change. I go head to head with Ye, formerly Kanye West. Uh, A remarkable interview. I spent two hours with him this morning uh, with one of the most controversial men on the planet right now. And he he makes a pretty extraordinary admission. Plus, reaction to that admission with Gene Simmons of KISS. That's coming up. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored uh, from New York. Now to my extraordinary exclusive interview with Ye, previously known, of course, as Kanye West, one of the most famous and influential artists in the world. He's been causing global outrage over the past two weeks with anti-Semitic tirades, which led to him being cancelled by social media platforms. I wanted to give him the opportunity to set the record straight and explain if he meant what he said. Well, eventually, eventually, he apologised for what he said was hurtful... Uh, comments about the Jewish people. Uh, But it took a while to get there. It was a fiery conversation, passionate. It was funny at times. It was explosive. It's unmissable television. The full interview will air later this week. But here's the moment I think will get most people talking.
7: You don't hold accountability to my pain. You're being a Karen. I'm talking you about the I'm, talking, I'm not a Karen, to the I'm, pain.
2: I'm not a Karen and I'm not gonna cancel you <laughs> and I'm not gonna uncense you. I'm simply gonna <laughs> challenge you on what you're saying. You can, you
7: can, I think you, you can't don't understand
2: it. the pain that you've been causing with some of these comments. And I think that one in particular, I can understand Oh, my God.
7: God forbid, God forbid one comment could cause people to feel any of the pain that my people have went through. For years, even like the blacks being ushered to the left during the civil rights movement, what, no why, one has cared why does about he, black why does people. He, okay, why no, does he, no?
2: All right, no one is. Can I? Let I me mean, say I agree that the racism against black people has been utterly deplorable, shameful, unacceptable, and thank God the world is beginning to move to a better place about the what, way what it about, is treated. Okay. Black what people about, like you. However, however, it's, one form of racism Yeah, it no, doesn't justify. No, no, it's justify, in a
7: better place. Well, but one you form of racism doesn't me justify me another. It's not a better I'm place. I'm not cutting
2: you off. I'm finishing my sentence so you can respond. One it's form not, of racism. It's not, it's one not form racism. Of racism. It is racism when you say I'm going death so contra in Jewish truth. people.
7: I was in a position where I've been hurt And this is the way I had the right to express myself. The point of this interview is for you to question me and then for me to answer and say, "Okay, even though the same rules are not applied to my people, if a person with a gun or drugs is pulled over and has four, three other people in the car, they're all going to jail. I'm not going to apply that to Jewish people for the sake of this conversation. Isn't that what you wanted? But you know what you did? You tried to civil rights me. You tried to pull me back to a week ago, but we're here today. There's been plenty of conversations and commentary since that, but you want me to go back to 1960. No, no, no. Here's You want what me to go no, back no. to seven days ago. All right,
2: let me jump in. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to reflect... Okay,
7: so have we grown? Have we, have we Have we? grown? Here's how we how grow. We grow. Yeah,
2: here's how we grow. I want you to reflect... No, so have we grown? I'm about Have to, we grown? I'm about You're about
7: not in charge of my growth. You're not in charge of I'm my about growth, to Chris. Su- Okay, let me, let me phrase grow. it like this.
2: I'm about to suggest to you... How you may mm-hmm. grow if you choose to grow this way, and you why? can you can ignore no, me. You Pierce, can ignore Pierce, me, Pierce,
7: Pierce. Pierce, how much money are you worth?
2: Not as much as you, sadly.
7: Exactly. So take my advice. Maybe you'll get richer.
2: I would love to take your business why advice. Why would I
7: listen to you? I, well, why do you
2: Why do you <laughs> hear what my advice is and then work out if I'm wrong? Can we do that deal?
7: Well, the thing is, you you haven't given me any credit or a moment of reflection. For the comparison that I made, the brilliant, if I do say so myself, comparison that I made to the cops pulling over one black person and locking everyone up. I understand what you're saying. And my tweet having issues. Wait a second. I wasn't done with the sentence. La, la, la. Uh, uh, My tweet referring to all Jewish people. I said, for the sake of this conversation, I will refer to the business people who have destroyed me and my people, and my fellow creatives, but you didn't even accept that I gave you that. You tried to push me back into 1960. No, I didn't. You tried to push me back into last week. No, I didn't. Okay, do you accept that example that I gave you?
2: I understand completely the example you gave me. I think all racism is wrong. So I I feel
7: that we've grown.
2: I would like you to reflect. I feel we've grown. If you you feel we've grown? If you've now changed what you wanted to say originally, my question for you is, do you now regret saying DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Are you sorry you
7: said that? No. I think it matters. You should be. Absolutely not. You know, I will say I'm sorry for the people that are hurt with the DEFCON, the, the confusion that I call. I feel mm. like I, call, I cause hurt and confusion. And I'm sorry for the families of the people that had nothing to do with the, the trauma that I had been through. And that I use my platform where you say, hurt people, hurt people. And I I was hurt. It's an
2: uncensored interview. You said something which you've now wished you hadn't said and you've apologized. I actually think that says a lot about you, right? That shows you've got that ability to Mm -hmm. be self-aware, to understand when you cross a line. I think someone like you, with all your energy and creativity and your passion, you're going to say stuff. THE WAY THAT YOU TALK CONSTANTLY AND IN SUCH AN EXTRAORDINARY MANNER, YOU'RE GOING TO TRIP UP. YOU'RE GOING TO SAY THINGS THE WRONG WAY. I DON'T THINK THERE'S ANYTHING WRONG IN WHEN YOU DO THAT, DOING WHAT YOU JUST DID. and saying Look, I'M SORRY, I
7: CROSSED A LINE, I APOLOGIZE. I WANT TO SAY THAT IT'S WRONG TO HOLD AN APOLOGY HOSTAGE. Mm. AND I GOT TO LET GO OF THAT AND FREE, YOU KNOW, FREE MYSELF OF THE TRAUMA AND SAY, LOOK, I'M JUST GOING TO GIVE IT ALL UP TO GOD RIGHT NOW and say to those families that are hurt, you know, I really want to give you guys a big hug. And I want to, uh, I say, I'm sorry for hurting you in my comments. And I want to word it in not a, pres, and not in like a political way, but in a presidential way, which means what I knew a president to be when I was growing up. So that was uh,
2: Ye, formerly Kanye West. Uh, It's an extraordinary interview. We're going to actually air almost the entire thing uh, at the end of the week. So people can see everything in real context. But very obviously, um, throughout the course of the interview, he began, I think, to understand the impact of his words, which had caused such offence, and finally got to a place where he apologised to people who'd been offended, particularly Jewish people. Well, joining me now is Fox News contributor Tyrus, along with Kiss frontman Gene Simmons. Let me start with you, Tyrus. We just had to quickly get that... that series of clips together to try and say some of the context of what happened, because to start with, he was resolute, I'm not going to apologise, and then went on a sort of long clarification of he was talking about business people who, had, he, in his view, had let him down and so on, but there's no doubt the original comment that he made, that he tweeted, for which he was deplatformed from social media, it was talking about the Jewish people in generality and therefore very offensive.
8: Well, first of all, I, I don't even know if I would call that an interview. That was a, a you sat him down under the tree of wisdom, mm. and that reminded me so much of, of seeing what uh, a father would talk to an angry son. Mm. Like you worked through so many emotions with him to get him to yes. a place to where he was able to.
2: And you to, really see that over the two, two hours. And you see that it's a yeah, journey. And that was he a, goes a tremendous on. and
8: your patience, because I'm telling you right now, no one else was going to sit there for two hours. Right. And I think I think long after this interview. You're going to help him because what I see when I see ye, I see a hurt man. He, mm-hmm. His life has been uh, in the in public nonstop. Horrible divorce, fighting over his children. He's every time he speaks, he's some group will take advantage of him, use him. He's a victim of his of his wealth, but he's not a victim. And the one thing he said that I thought just was poignant, and you walked right through it was. I make more money than you. Mm. How, how can I get from you? But here's the deal. You can't buy wisdom with money. Yes. And, he's, and I look at him as a former bodyguard. If I was his bodyguard, I wouldn't have let him wear the white shirt. I wouldn't have let him do those things, even if it would have cost me my job, because he's helping other individuals rise. Mm. They get the world-famous attention, but he gets all the consequences. Yes. And his stuff gets lost in his anger and his depression, because what he was talking about, I get in a lot of the record companies, you will always see the same thing. I think Michael Jackson is probably the biggest case mm-hmm. of that where he had a song, with they talking about me, where he wanted to use the the term mm-hmm. And it came down from, you can't use that word. You can't depict us in that way from the record people, but they're just fine with using the N word and almost pushing that. So that's where the, a lot of the, the anger comes yes. from is be across the board. You don't want your group Disrespected on your record labels, but you're fine with the, and it's on the rappers as well. Yeah, but that's where the argument came from. But when you're an angry, hurt individual who's basically working out his emotions in front of a camera, <laughs> nothing good is going to happen. Right, and getting him to apologize, he could not have done that without you. No, and that, I, th- and that, I think, and that
2: you should be proud of that. It took nearly two hours for yep. him to, I think, reach a place of self-awareness about it, and actually to reach a place of calmness enough to say it. But Gene Simmons. Um, You know, I I think you probably have to see the whole thing in in real time to really get to the journey he went on to get to that place of apology. But A, I mean, do you accept the apology? Do you think the Jewish people should accept the apology? Or was what he said such a line crosser that he shouldn't be allowed to even talk about this anymore?
9: Well, you certainly put me in an awkward position. I'm not here to speak for Jews or the Jewish people or anything, although by birth I happen to be one. In Mm. fact, an Israeli... I had no choice in the matter, that's just the uh, luck of the draw. Let me state, in the interest of full disclosure, Ye slash Kanye and I have never met. We have never emailed each other. I have no idea what's in his mind. All I know is what the media has shown me of him. And the astute uh, gentleman who was on before me, his comments, I think uh, it sounded true to these ears, which is, Ye, Kanye sounds— from everything i've heard uh, it's erratic behavior from my point of view respectfully he sounds really wounded he sounds hurt so he's lashing out i get it let's let's be clear about this african americans have been tortured physically mentally culturally for decades centuries but you're talking to a people who've been who've heard this story and have been tortured mentally physically for thousands of years, goes back to the Bible, uh, which our people wrote and gave to the rest of you guys. So you, you have to go back in history and get a sense of what all this means. You're talking about African Americans and Jews. Jews have done well, let's let's be clear, because they worked for it. But don't kid yourself. Racism, anti-Semitism exists right next to each other, and we're all victims in some way or the other by the ruling establishment, whoever and whatever they are, or the consensus of the public. But look back at Martin Luther King. Do a little research, Google and Schmoogle. who's standing right beside Martin Luther King, in a dangerous march in Birmingham, along with Jesse Jackson and everybody else, you got a rabbi holding a Torah. He's right there in the front, knowing full well when he goes back up north or on the East Coast, he's going to get tortured, uh, you know, by people who have different points of views. So, first of all, African Americans should understand that Jews understand the torture and the racism because— been there. okay. Continue to be there. Jews are not the most popular people on the face of the planet. But there are many other people's races and uh, other people's who get racism. So the only piece of advice that I have, as somebody in the peanut gallery—I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physician, I don't know much about Yi or Kanye. I've heard, I've got friends who are close enough and so on—if there's medication I respectfully urge for the gentleman to take the medication. If he's surrounded by the wrong people, get some nicer people, because mm-hmm. the most important thing you have to realize is when you're a billionaire—and God bless him for that—it's it's the, the majesty, the the miracle of yeah. the American capitalist system. There we go, in a country full of racism. The capitalist system allowed you to become a billionaire and
2: as he goes- I have to say, as he as he reminded me quite regularly, by the way. Sure did. Um but let's take a short break. I want to continue the discussion after the break, because I think it really raises other interesting issues too. So stay with me. Well, welcome back to Pittsburgh and Uncensored in New York, and with the Fox News contributor Tyrus, along with Kiss frontman Gene Simmons. Tyrus, Candy kind of walked out halfway through our interview, um, oh. and it was quite a struggle to get him to come and sit back. Uh, and I'm glad I did because then we ended up getting to where I think he, in his, in his mind, he wanted to get to, which is I think he wanted to atone for what he'd done and the damage he caused, but he was sort of too fired up and too proud to actually go there until we got towards the end. There was another thing I had a a, uh, sort of confrontation with him about, and that's his very inflammatory comments about George Floyd, which now led to George Floyd's family suing him for $250 million over how George Floyd died. Kennedy's been watching... uh, Yeh, to give him his proper name, has been watching videos, films, which has led him to believe that actually he was uh, on fentanyl, that's what killed him. The coroner says, yes, there was fentanyl in his blood, but actually it's quite clear, the coroner, that actually what killed George Floyd was the actions of the police officers suppressing his neck. When you hear that, what do you think? Well, I think it just goes back to uh, he's a tremendous
8: artist. He's a a genius in the music studio, but outside uh, he falls for things like this. Listen, this this was not a, a debated issue, In this country and it didn't and you know mr simmons made a great point when he talked about martin luther king and it took a village and it took a jewish rabbi and it took hispanics and it took different people and we're sitting here today at a table we have an englishman a jewish rock star and a black republican who wears a gold (laughs) chain talking about a black billionaire so that pretty much shows things are going very well i would just like to point that out for the for the record but having said that there is nobody that is questioning the George Floyd thing, except for people who are trying to exploit it. Mm. And this is where Kanye's fame is his worst enemy because he says those things. And when he says those things, it resonates. Yeah. And he's, therefore, his defamation is more is more dangerous than other people's. And he says something like that. And you always have to look around about who he's around at the time mm. when he makes these comments. And it always seems to fit their narrative and they benefit from it, but they're not the ones getting sued. It's him. And again, it, this everything that came out his anti-Semitic comments, the things that he said about George Floyd were stupid, unexcusable, and he should apologize yeah. for them. He doesn't. It, it has. He has no base. There's no even reason to say those things no. other than being put in these boxes and lashing out. And again, I cannot applaud you more because you've done more for him in that interview that he won't recognize it now. Mm but later on in his life when he looks back he'll be like cuz most people would have got that first hot take of 10 minutes and him walking out because that's top page news everywhere. Yes. So I applaud you for staying the course because I can't think of anyone else that would.
2: Yeah, it was I mean Gene Simmons, you know, it's an interesting thing isn't it? We live in a world dominated by social media. Uh it's easy to fall down conspiracy theory, you know, rabbit warrens, isn't it? Because there's so much stuff out there. A lot of it is not well sourced. It's just people spewing nonsense. But People buy into it, and then very quickly they believe it. And that is a problem, I think, in modern society.
9: I believe strongly. Uh, look, I, I read a lot, and so do we all, and we're fairly well-educated about the the, uh, the woke society and cancel culture and, you know, all the other stuff that tortures everybody, not just the people uh, on this panel. But I, I just want to go back to the people that seem to be away from the mainstream uh, culture, call it what you will, are hurt. You've got the polarizing political issue, which are people all the way on the far left or the far right, they're really—they don't feel connected to what's going on in the world. So they resort to all kinds of conspiracies and hoaxes and whatever, just to push their agenda. But let's not forget the pain, Okay. So it seems to me, as somebody in the peanut gallery, Kanye's is, is a guy who, who seems very hurt, mm. who feels—and uh, perhaps rightfully so, being African American in America—look, I, I saw it firsthand. I heard horror stories. I lived with a few years with a, an iconic African American female singer—I don't want to mention your name, because I call her—I I, I respect her and love her too much. I lived with her, with her children. And I heard horror stories when she was in the number one vocal group, an all-girl group in America, and went and headlined above the Dave Clark Five and went down south to do concerts. And on the way out, they found bullet holes in the uh, bus. This didn't happen in the 1800s. This is in the 1960s. And she and, and the girl groups were not allowed to stay in a regular hotel. They had to stay in what was called a colored hotel. That was not too far off in the past. Recognize it. Don't uh, whitewash it, as they say it. It's a fact. Racism exists. I get it. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yee. Look, Mm -hmm. you've got lots of Jews out there, and Muslims, and uh, Buddhists, and all kinds of well-meaning people who actually like you and support African-Americans yeah. or or people who are brown or come from all areas who yeah. support you. You're throwing your by making these comments, you're alienating people who are who actually support you. I think that's one,
2: Gene. I, I do think a pain is lying behind a lot of these outbursts from Kanye. I think he's got a lot of pain there that he needs to work through. And I, I was cognizant of that. And that's why well, I'm glad he having walked out, he then came back. And we did actually, we really got to a much better place actually by the end, where he seemed much calmer and more self aware about the impact of his words. And that's the key thing. i uh, got to leave it there. Gene Simmons, thank you so much. Honestly, brilliant perspective. Tyrus, thank you. Thank you. Really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, it's a fascinating interview. Uh, we're going to air it over two hours on Friday from 8 till 10 p.m. It's me one on one with Ye, formerly Kanye West. And it's an extraordinary interview. Um, you can make your own mind up after you watch it. But I do think, in fairness to him, you've got to see in context, really, what he's really thinking and where he's coming from. And I think you'll get that by the end of that interview. Well, coming next tonight, legendary chess grandmaster, one of the prickliest thorns in Vladimir Putin's side, Gary Kasparov is here. Well, welcome back to Piers' Organized Census from New York. Gary Kasparov was once a hero in his Russian homeland. At 22, he became the youngest ever undisputed chess world champion. He did something few in Russia dared to do. He questioned the regime of Vladimir Putin. One stage, even trying to run for president himself. In 2013, Kasparov and his family left Russia in fear of persecution. He since become one of Putin's most prominent critics. And today, Putin imposed martial law in the four Ukrainian regions, supposedly annexed by bogus referenda by the Kremlin. Tens of thousands of civilians are being evacuated from the Kherson region ahead of Ukrainian counter-offensive. So I'm glad to say Gary Kasparov joins me now. Thank you very much. Great to meet you you in person. I I grew up a big chess fan and was a huge fan of your your play. Uh, And I'm sorry that I'm only interviewing you about such a horrendous situation as the war and not about chess. But I want to talk to you about, in a way, what is going on there has become a bit of a chess game in the sense of Putin thought he'd take it all very quickly... He got repelled by resilient Ukrainians. We're now into all sorts of pieces being moved around. What, what's your take on it?
5: Yeah, look, I, I feel very uncomfortable comparing this. Right. Massacre is horrible things to the game of chess. Um, people being killed, as we speak. I'm talking uh, more about tactics, I guess. Yes, but also, even when we look at tactics and strategy, I would still compare it to more like poker. Yes. Putin kept bluffing. Mm. Uh, for years and years, and he always knew that, you know, if he, uh, if he was bold enough to raise the stakes, the opposite side, and for him it was always, not Ukraine, it was the West, NATO, and the United States, the opposition would fold the cards. Mm. And that was his plan. I attack Ukraine, it's, it's, uh, they, would, they will not be able to resist in three, four days, I take Kiev, and then they come back to the negotiating table. Mm. Now it's a war, and Putin does what he, he knew best, he keeps killing civilians. Mm. They already did it in Grozny more than 20 years ago. They did it in Aleppo. It's not surprised that, that the, uh, the, uh, the Russian general who is in charge of the operation in Ukraine today, is known as a butcher of Aleppo.
2: When you see people like Elon Musk proposing that there should be some kind of
5: peace deal, what do you think of that? It's absolute nonsense. You know, what kind of peace deal? So, it's the, Ukraine has to be liberated. Mm. It's the... Anything short of full liberation of Ukraine is a disaster, not just for Ukraine. It's not just for Europe, for the world... Because we are seeing a dictator that, as, you know, 80 years ago, uh, trying to take uh, foreign lands by force. And he's not going to stop there. Mm. Putin made very clear his plans were not just to take a couple of regions He here wants and there.
2: to restore the Soviet Union, right?
5: Uh, it's probably more. I think Putin is at war with the collective West. Mm. Again, it's not me saying that. It's, he has been saying it over years. And his propaganda machine keeps repeating it. Every day now, 24-7, it's, the war is about destroying Ukraine. It's about eliminating Ukraine as a nation and also replaying the, the, the Cold War. He believes that, you know, with a with, with, uh, uh, for, um, uh, uh, force of will, he can compensate for the deficiency of his troops and to force the collective West, led by the United States, to capitulate. Putin was at war with Ukraine. Every day they keep saying, we are at war with NATO, with America, we must win. Can Ukraine win? uh absolutely absolutely that's 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 another putin's narrative uh, uh that is being uh trumpeted by some of his uh, 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 agents of influence uh oh ukraine needs our support but they cannot win why not mm-hmm. ukraine received uh, uh less than they needed to win the war, but more than Putin expected. And they, they, they're doing great. They already endured uh, great difficult sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed in, in, in this conflict. One third of the country has been decimated. And look, they are pushing back. They are, th- th- Ukraine is doing today what NATO was built for in 1949, mm-hmm. saving Europe from Russian invasion. Yes. And look, they dismantled the myth about uh, uh, the strengths of Putin's army, having, by the way, very little... Uh, from NATO arsenals that could have helped them to win the war quicker.
2: I think 93% of Ukrainian people don't want to give an inch, uh, but 7% of Ukrainians apparently do have some sympathy with territory being given back as they see
5: it to Russia. What do you say to those people? Look, I think it's this 7%, whatever the number is, I think they want to end this 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 nightmare. Right. It's, they want it's, the death and killing. Exactly. Over. Because look, if you are just being harassed day and, day and night, as we speak, Kiev is being attacked, and uh, and uh, you want you want somehow to get out of that. Mm. And if you live somewhere you know, in, in in western Ukraine or or you know just in it's in even in Kharkiv, you say maybe we should give up something. Mm. But the fact is, look at this 93 percent, mm. even even living in this hell. They still don't want when to give When I was there,
2: Gary, I was in Ukraine in July interviewing President Zelensky and the First Lady, and I was really struck that everybody I met, old, young, didn't matter, uh, to a man and woman, to a boy and girl, don't give... They didn't want Zelensky to give an inch to Putin.
5: No deals. But that's, that's, that's the message we have to communicate to Americans, to Brits, to uh, uh, Germans, French. This is our war. Ukraine is defending our ideals. Mm. Ukraine today is a front line of the battle between freedom and tyranny. Mm. And the outcome of this war will define our future, not just you know Ukrainian territory or you know, Eastern Europe. It will affect you know, the whole world from Taiwan to Venezuela. God forbid, Ukraine loses. Taiwan is in great danger. Ukraine wins. Look! Look what's happening in Iran mm-hmm. now. I think this the the wind of uh, of freedom is blowing yes. around the, around the, uh, the world. And Iranian mullahs, even just being uh, uh, being in great danger because of the, all these demonstrations, they understand it. Mm-hmm. They're sending everything they have to Putin because they know Putin's survival is the only chance to 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 stay in power. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know we see dictators being to, get, get, gathering together. Why not we can do the same? Why not America and NATO could be far more uh, uh, m- m- aggressive in, in pursuing, uh, pursuing this, our common goal? Ukraine must win. There are uh, Americans, a lot of them Republicans, surprisingly, it
2: seems to me, who don't want America to commit any more money to this war. They
5: say it's not America's war. What are we doing there? What do you say to them? Look, you know, back in 1939, 1940, so there, there, there was the, oh, ironically, also Republicans. Many of them talked about, you know, uh, making making a deal with Hitler. Mm. So it's uh, America first. It's it's not original. It comes from 1939. Don't send weapons to Britain. It's not our war. No, it is our. It is our war. And uh, I think it's there Many of them are sh- the, the, the short-minded, because again, the consequences of Putin winning, mm. you know, they could be felt everywhere. And the fact is, let's say, okay, Ukraine is is, is, is war-caused caused, caused uh, uh, food problems. Mm. Taiwanese war could cause a major disruption with semiconductors. Mm. And also, uh, America's businesses and America's uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, well-being is very much based on the rule of law and, and the normal international trade and communications. Everything will be in jeopardy if you let the... Uh, 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 most dangerous dictator on the planet, a war criminal, to have it his way. People say
2: Vladimir Putin, is, is he mad or bad? What do you think?
5: Or both? It's probably both, uh, and, again, I don't want to speculate because uh, whatever whatever we hear from Putin's bunker, you know, should be treated with great suspicion. Mm. I don't know, and I don't want to waste our time in analysing whether he's mad or bad, whether he'll do this or that. We should look at the facts. We should look at the, at, at the battlefield. We should do at what we can uh, uh, um, do to help Ukraine and also stop speculations about him, you know, pushing the button because that's, 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 that's a big argument. Do you think he ever would? Um...
2: I'm now asking you to speculate, I'm aware, no, it's but... The,
5: yeah, look, uh, the answer is, uh, it, he might, he might, but this is not for him to, de- to, to decide mm. alone. And the key is, you know, that that's, we have to demonstrate our resolve to his generals and admirals, that they will pay the consequences, mm. because they will be on the front line. If they know that the cost of pushing the button is their personal life, they will never do that. That's what I think. Are you worried...
2: For yourself, you're so outspoken about Putin. You've been fearlessly so for many years. We know what
5: happens to people in Russia who are outspoken about him. Are you worried about your own security? Okay, I don't live in London. I live in New York. Right. uh, But uh, the answer is yes, but would it help? I mean, I I can't stop doing what I've been doing. Uh, So that's why I grew up, you know, I learned from Soviet dissidents. Do what you must and so be it.
2: Well, you're an inspiration to me as a chess grandmaster. You're an inspiration for what you do now, Thank you very much for what you do, Gary. Thank you for for having me. Nice to see you. Well, that's it from me. Whatever you're up to, keep it uncensored. We'll be back tomorrow night from New York. Good night. With more from my, my yay interview. And a full interview on Friday. Good night.